I am Planta on the line in Vancouver, British Columbia at thecommentary.ca. It's always good to have Leslie Hertig on the program. The artistic director of the Vancouver Writers' Fest is back to preview this year's festival, which starts Monday, the 16th of October. There are all sorts of events for all sorts of readers, and I'll get Leslie to tell us some of the things she's looking forward to, and I'll do the same, what with uh, all the uh, authors who've come through the podcast over the year, who'll uh, also find themselves in Vancouver between Monday and Sunday, the 22nd of October. And as ever, there are some events that are sold out, but uh, always call the box office because tickets usually come up for sale. I'll ask Leslie now about the role of artistic director and the part the guest curator has in the programming of a festival. This year, Alamin Abdul Mahmoud is on board, while uh, Jillian Christmas is back curating the spoken word programming. We'll uh, talk about uh, the uh, digital component of the festival and more. Visit writersfest.bc.ca for tickets and information. We uh, taped this interview a week and a half ago. Please uh, welcome back to the Plant Online program, Leslie Hertig. Ms. Hertig, good morning. Hello, Joe. Nice to talk to you again. Um, and, and I appreciate you uh, coming on to chat because it, it is a, such a busy time. Uh, for you and the festival, um, we're about we're talking about a week and a half before the festival starts. Um, do you feel um, not only worry, but uh, the, the the excitement, the anticipation of the festival about to start? Yes, I love this time of year because all of our contract staff have come on, mm. and the building we work out of on Granville Island, it's called Festival House, is absolutely buzzing. It's it's like a beehive, and that builds the excitement and we have a big electronic chart of all of our events where we can watch the tickets uh-huh. in real time being sold and that adds to the excitement about what's coming up so so if, if people listen to us you know they go onto the website and they want to get tickets for a particular event especially one of those popular events um and they see it sold out um is there a way electronically for them to get on some wait list or, or perhaps the box office can call them if something comes up yeah, we, I do recommend that if something is sold out, they can certainly come and check at the ticket window mm-hmm. the day of the event. There's always attrition and, you know, COVID's still circulating and people get sick and just can't show up or, or have other plans. So I think that's always something to do. Go and check with the box office. My favorite story. The event. Yeah, my favorite story that, that I hear from time to time is, is someone shows up at the event. Uh, the person that they were supposed to come with couldn't make it, and they've got an extra ticket, and they're 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 willing to give it to someone at the door. You've heard yeah. that, I'm sure, haven't you? It happens all the time. Yeah. 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 Um, and I was looking at the guide, and, and um, it, it seems to me that there's something for everybody. And I guess that, that that's always a priority for you as a programmer, as as the artistic director, um, to have events for everyone, right? That's exactly right. We're trying to attract youth. We're trying to attract seniors. We we want to make sure that um, people from all across Vancouver feel represented in the conversations that are happening on the stages. So we have authors coming from, well, indeed, all around the world, also all across Canada, different socioeconomic backgrounds. Um, yeah, it, we do try to make sure that there's something for everyone. And every year I look at the list once it's made and think, oh, I'm really lacking in that area. I really could have used more in that area. So it's not a perfect science. Uh, and certainly we learn from one year to the next about things that we may have forgotten about or that we need to improve upon the following year. Uh-huh. But uh, we do our best to make sure that everyone will find something. 
And, and year in and year out, you, you all at the, the, the festival uh, look at, say, the big issues that are confronting us um, uh, and yeah. the planet. And, and um, that, that's something that, that always comes through in some of the themes that come up, right? Yeah, well, I think this really speaks to the artists that make our festival what it is. So it is the writers we're writing today um, that dictate the topics that appear on our stages. And, of course, any good writer is often reflecting on what is happening in the world around them. And so these themes just happen naturally from uh, living in this in this place, in this time. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the digital uh, aspect of it, I mean, there's some people who, who um, unfortunately can't make it out. There are mm-hmm. offerings for them, right? Yeah, we learned a lot during COVID time about how to record events, and how to maximize people's enjoyment of those. So a couple different things. All of our youth events are being live streamed uh-huh. so that not only are buses of uh, school kids coming down to Granville Island and seeing these authors in person, but classrooms from all across BC and up into the Yukon can also partake in these events online. And then the other thing that we started doing last year and will continue again this year is professionally recording a large number of our adult events, events, which we'll then reproduce as a digital festival uh, and offer that up in December. And so people can subscribe to that, uh, pay their money yeah. on the website, and then um, they can watch it off of the website? Is that how it works? That You'll be sent a link uh, in December, and you'll have the entire month of December to watch through yeah. a large handful of events. Um, Elamine abdul Mahmoud wrote... Um, a beautiful book, um, A Son of Nowhere, and um, mm-hmm. I think he appeared last year, didn't he? He did. He was yeah. at our festival last year. Since then, of course, he's gone on to host CBC's Commotion, uh-huh. uh, and he agreed to partner with us late last year as our guest curator this year. He has put together five beautiful events for us, and he will be acting as the moderator and host for those events, as well as uh, what has become a kind of signature event for us, our lyrics event, which is happening on the Thursday night. I'm 41, and I, I saw that in the in the guide, and um, I kind of hate that 1990s music is nostalgic now. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but, boy, is it hot. We're really looking forward to that event. I think it's going to be fun because we've added dance party onto it this year. So last year we did the 80s. This year we're doing the 90s, and we're going to have a, a 90s dance party right after well, the go. lyrics yeah. event is over. Yeah. So, so when you when you bring someone uh, like Elamine on as as a guest curator, Jillian Christmas, she's also back uh, with um, uh, curating the spoken word programming. What what are some yeah. of the discussions that that you all have in terms of that, that you have with them? I should say, in terms of um, what to to say bring to the festival for a particular uh, year. Yeah. So with our guest curators. I start out with a conversation about what themes they would like to talk about at our festival and which authors they are most interested in speaking with. Um, we gather a list from them early on of authors they'd like us to reach out to. And then once we get confirmations and fill in all the gaps, they then create events around the authors in attendance. And the conversations that Elamine is having, for instance, this coming week all came out of some of the books that he was learning about or had read that he wanted to continue conversations 
on. So, for instance, he has uh, on the Wednesday night the blackness as a portal, blackness as a frame conversation mm-hmm. um, with uh, American cultural writer Asia Harris. And joining that conversation is also uh, Canadian academic Christina Sharp with her uh, extraordinary book, Ordinary Notes. And then the Giller Prize winner from last year, Suzette Mayer. I think that's going to be quite a beautiful conversation. That one actually is being moderated by um, a local writer, Jasmine Seeley. But he created that event very much uh, with something in mind mm-hmm. and uh, a panel in mind that he wanted to have this conversation early on. And um, speaking of uh, spoken word poetry, um, uh, there's, a, there's a terrific event um, forgot to write down the date, but it's Lorna Crozier and Susan Musgrave um, mm-hmm. w- with your uh, predecessors as uh, Artistic Director Hellwake moderating. Um, I, I had Lorna on recently. We taped the interview for that new book that she's written, and I'm a big fan of Susan, of course. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, if you're someone who um, loves poetry, and I'm not someone who, who uh, reads poetry. Well, I read poetry regularly for the show. Um, sure. But... Um, to have those two on stage in conversation with one another, knowing that they're good friends, uh, knowing that they've known each other for a long time, and, and, and what tremendous talents they are uh, in yeah. the, the various fields. I mean, that's Indeed. not a, you can't miss that event, can you? I think that'll be a very special event, and each of them have new collections that touch on similar themes yeah. around time and grief and family. Um, I think when you get uh, not only colleagues but also close acquaintances on stage together and when that kind of time has passed and their bodies of work have just grown, I think there's a lot to talk about and Hal will have a very generative conversation with them. Um, you, you mentioned um, school groups uh, coming to the island for events and the sort. Uh, John Klassen, he's, a, he's an author of, of Young um, mm-hmm. uh, for, for young readers, I should say, and, and um, yeah. he's got two events this year. I, I noticed that the, at, 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 in the in the guide it says grades grades one to three. I guess it's not limited to to those folks. It's 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 just those are recommended for people. I guess teachers That's who are looking right. for events for for that age group. I guess is that right? Yeah, exactly. And we take our cues from the publisher who have put age recommendations on the books yeah. that are coming. And so we, we base it on that. But, yeah, we often have others joining adults join uh, these kids' events as well because perhaps they themselves are, are aspiring children's writers or illustrators or perhaps they have grandchildren that they want to buy books for. So these events are, are for everyone. The only place where we put sort of warnings in is when an elementary school teacher perhaps wants to bring their class to a high school event. And we can't, of course, guarantee that there won't be some more mature themes being discussed Mm, at those high school events. And yes, there may be a little bit of swearing and there may be references to sexuality and and we can't, you know, we don't want to tell an author not to talk about the themes of their book because there's a younger group there. So when it is a younger group, like grades one to three... Because I, lo- I love talking to Klassen. He says he's my age, and, and, and he's, he's uh, yeah. accomplished, terribly accomplished, and, and, and just fun to talk to. Um, what is it like in a room with, with youngsters like that? I mean, is, is it, as an adult, having not been in a class in a while, I, I feel like it would be incredibly loud, is it? Oh, I think these uh, children's writers are pros at this, and they're very good at gaining control of a room of young people. <laughs> 
Um, one of my favorite events from last year was Ashley Spires, who has written several different series, Binky and Bert the Beetle and such. She can have a room of 300 kids wiggling around in their chairs, and she sort of channels that energy and has them getting up and, and shaking their energy out and then sitting back down in their seats and, and listening to her. So they, they all have tricks up their sleeves for <laughs> getting these kids to listen. Uh, Kevin Chong, a, a local favorite. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, that novel, the, the Double Life of Benson, you, I enjoyed that a great deal. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's uh, at a number of a couple of events, I guess at least, and then also on. Did I read that right? That he's also hosting one, I think. Yeah, that's right. Um, Kevin Chong, who has been long listed for the Scotiabank Giller Prize, is um, moderating. So I'm just looking for it here. Um, Joe, yeah, he's trying got, to figure out what night. He's doing uh, an event on the history of Chinatown right. with some great writers. Sorry, I apologize for not having that info right in front of me here. Yeah. It's on Saturday, October 21st at 10.30 a.m., and, and that event is going to feature uh, an American memoirist named Fabian Eng and local writer Henry Tseng, as yeah. well as... Daniel Innes and Christina Wong, who have written a book called Denison Avenue about um, Toronto's Chinatown. So I think that's going to be a really interesting conversation because it covers um, San Francisco, Toronto, and Vancouver. And that event is in partnership with the Chinatown Storytelling Center. Yeah, and then he's also he's, he's uh, appearing on a panel on the 17th Tuesday. Um, that's right. Uh, about his own book. Um, do you find it... Um, uh, um, I find it as a reader interesting when, when uh, books of, uh, like his book is set in a Chinatown. It doesn't specifically say mm-hmm. which one, but I, I, I'd, I'd like to infer that it's Vancouver's. Um, and then you mentioned Henry's book, which is about Vancouver's Chinatown. Mm-hmm. When you're programming, and, and obviously these books come out when you know the publisher decides to, um, and the, the books of a similar theme come out. I mean, it's, it's just great fun for the festival to, to bring everyone together, bring these... Yeah, it is. It's wonderful when it all works out. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, as, as a programmer, you cast your net wide and uh, with invitations and then you see what comes back. And sometimes your dream combinations don't always work out and you have to find new people. Um, but for these conversations, both the, uh, the metafiction conversation that Kevin's in on the Tuesday, as well as this Chinatown conversation, those just came together very nicely. Um, the, all these authors were available, and um, it's a topic that is in the news these days. We talk about gentrification. Right. We talk about um, losing history. We talk about relearning history the way that we should have in in the first place. Um, you know, finding out, for instance, uh, as William Ping's book does, Hollow Bamboo, teaches us about uh, what the Chinese experience in Canada was really like in the 1800s, and without them, what we wouldn't have today um, if they hadn't come here and and had to work so brutally hard without the pay that they deserved. Um, yeah, there, there's, a, there's a lot of history to be relearned, I think, and these authors are are telling us this this retelling in yeah. their books. Yeah. Uh, that's a great thing about the festival is that you, you you attract great great authors, but at the same time the the um, the chemistry between say an author and um, whoever's conducting the interview, whoever's hosting the event, 
That's very important uh, in, in terms of a consideration that you make, and, and in terms of Kevin, for example, to do, to be able to do both at, at a particular festival because he's appeared before as an yeah. author, and then now mm -hmm. you know, and then as a host as well. To, to do that in one year even is, is, is uh, speaks about what this festival means to people. Yeah, it's. It, I think moderators are equally important to the success of any event. And uh, I feel grateful that in Vancouver we do have a great number of very thoughtful and established interviewers to choose from. And, and um, I made a list of, of some of my favorites that will be at the festival this year uh, as hosts, Catherine Gretzinger, Marsha mm -hmm. Lederman, um, Tara McGuire, um, a great broadcaster in her own right. Mm -hmm. um, Rob Weersma, one of the best critics I think we have in this country. Um, he is, yeah. That um, and, and a, a great author in, in his own right. Um, mm -hmm. he, he brings to reading, and when I read him, and, and um, I have seen him at events over the years, um, he, he brings something to to um, maybe it's his experience as a writer himself that, that he's able to. Um, bring something that, that we as the audience members get out of these conversations, but probably a little bit more than, than if it's uh, anybody else who doesn't write as he does. He, I, I agree with you. I love writing, uh, sorry, reading his reviews, and I also love listening to him in conversation with other authors. Um, I, I, I keep uh, sending him emails saying, are you, are you doing... So many interviews that, in fact, you're not getting to any of your own writing. <laughs> and I think that's, you know, an ongoing thing. But you're right. His his work as a critic in this country has been fantastic. And I always look for his name, yeah. whether it be in the Globe and Mail or the Quill Inquirer or, or otherwise. The Star. I've been reading yeah. him lately in the Toronto Star. Um, yeah. Speaking of, of a, a great host and a favorite of, of the festival is Bill Richardson. Um, yeah. Uh, I um, had him in my office when, when, uh, a few years ago now when, when his uh, collection of uh, fiction came out. And I can't tell you, I mean, how fun he was to talk to and, and um, what he does on stage with, with, you know, whoever he's talking with. I mean, that, that's just worth the price, price of admission alone, isn't it? Yeah, he, he's got a real gift, Bill does. Yeah. I always feel very grateful when he agrees to take something on for us because I know it's going to be done so well and with humor and empathy and and great preparation. He, he really does his research. One event that uh, that uh, jumped out at me in, in, in the guide, uh, number 66, is this uh, event. Um, it's a great series for people listening to us called Field Notes, and it's from Biblioasis. Mm -hmm. And I've had a, a few of the authors on over the years. Um, they're great short books. Um about a certain topic, and, and um, Bill will be hosting a, a few of them, including Stephen Marsh and, and um, Casey Platt, uh, mm -hmm. among just two of two of the panelists. Um, it's great when you get a publisher like this that that, that can bring yeah. um, their their sort of stable of authors into town. Yeah, and if, get them if on I stage. could give out a publishing award this year, I would give it out to Biblioasis. Mm. I think they're doing incredible work uh, from these field notes series to their fiction, to their nonfiction. Uh, we've got a lot of their authors coming this year. You mentioned Jean Marshall, of course. Yeah. Um, we, I, I put this event together, the Fest Talks on Field Notes event, because I couldn't decide between all of these little Field Notes books and really just wanted to talk to all of them. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. They're all coming, and uh, Bill will do a great job of that.
he's going to treat them like little um, individual conversations, so sequentially one will come up at a time and he'll speak with them. Yeah, I, I noticed, by the way, in, in the guide that um, uh, Jeannie Marshall's picture is actually Dorothy Wooden's. <laughs> yeah, I know. We, we messed up on that and, and I fixed it online. Um, but that's a great book. I, um, the publicist sent that to me um, late last spring, and um, I opened it thinking, you know, I'd read just enough to <laughs> get through the conversation. Mm-hmm. But I was riveted by it. I mean, I have no intention to go see the Sistine Chapel. But um, the, the, she, she literally brings us there, and that, that's that's what I enjoyed a great deal about the book. And it's one. And I guess she is in conversation with Dorothy. Um, she's not actually. Oh, she's not. No, it's a it's a complete error that Dorothy's photo is in there. She is in conversation along with Max Wyman, who's uh, written a book called The Compassion and Imagination, uh, and also Michael O'Dane, who of course collects art yeah. and has his own uh, brand new book called Pictures on the Wall coming out. The three of them are in conversation to talk about the power of art, and they will be speaking with Sirish Rao, who is now with the Vancouver Art Gallery. Yeah, Wyman's book, I, I've, I've started reading that. That's a that's a tremendous book. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I, I guess I connected Jeannie with Dorothy because um, Dorothy had reviewed that book for the Taiyi. Yes, and I think that's, uh, yeah, that's how the mistake happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, there are other events beyond um, the festival, um, uh, which ends on the 22nd. Um, uh, Rick Mercer and Jan Arden, November 18th. Um, I, 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 so, a few tickets left for that one, I think. Uh, I can only imagine how popular that is. And then I looked at the price. I thought 80 bucks was kind of steep, but then you get both copies of the, their books, right? That's right. Yeah, so I mean yeah. that's 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 well worth it. You know, you're getting the conversation for free You'll almost, get the aren't books you? Books <laughs> and and both of them are committed to signing books too. So hopefully you get a signed copy. That's cool. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. December first, Kent Monkman. I, I I'm quite fascinated by his work, and so he'll be um, um, at an event December first. Yes, with to... his collaborator Giselle Gordon, and they will be in conversation with Sheila Rogers. I'm really looking forward to this event. I can't think of a better way to wrap up our 2023 season. And so you, as, as the, the artistic director of the Writers Fest, I mean, your work continues year-round. I mean, there'll be events after um, New Year's, right? Correct. Guess, Starting up in January again. Off we go. Yeah. Um, I've asked you about your reading habits in the past. How are you able to, to, to maintain, say, a good diet of books? Um, because you have to read for work. Um are you able to read for pleasure at all? I well, reading for work is often reading for pleasure mm. as well. So I'm I'm right off the top really lucky to have this job that I have where part of my job is to read books and my goodness how rich we are with the books that we have in this country. Uh, what I do to get through as many as possible is I use a combination of good old fashioned reading. Yeah. And I dip into everything that comes across my desk. Sometimes that may mean just reading 50 pages. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it means finishing the whole thing. And I also use audiobooks a lot. I have accounts with both Libro FM as well as Audible. And I have got to train my ear to listen to books at uh, one and a half to two times the rate. Really? And um, when I'm walking in and out of work, I walk to work every morning and, and just listen. I listen to a lot of books. 
Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And and like me, you you get a lot of books sent to you throughout the mm-hmm. year. Um, what are the considerations that you make in terms of what you purchase? Say. Uh, well, uh, gosh, I purchase all the books that I dream about that I you know we're not possibly going to get at the festival, but that are still some of my favorites. I just bought a used copy of a George Saunders book the other day, for instance, mm. that I've been wanting to read, and and uh, I will have to find some time to do that. I'll probably take it on my next vacation with me. Mm. But there are always books that catch my eye. Don't you just love going in and browsing? Um, I walk, I can't go into a bookstore without walking away with without, something. Yeah, one or two things, and and then it's annoying yeah. because I, my office is already full of books here at home. <laughs> Um, so I've, I've t- t- tried to train myself just because, you know, space is, is uh, a premium yeah, um, yeah. T- to learn to buy books for people. <laughs> yes, that's a good idea, too. And, you know, another little, I mean, we built a little library outside yeah. of our house. And so once every weekend I call a bunch of books off my shelf and then, you know, kind of reorganize them. Yeah. I've finally realized there's no more space for more bookshelves, so I just have to start getting rid of books now. That's heartbreaking, isn't it? It's hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll let you get back to your job because it's 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 a great um, thing you're doing for for not just uh, this town but the, our, our, this community of books uh, throughout the country. Um, congratulations on on all the the hard work so far, and continue good luck with the festival uh, starting uh, October 16th. Thank you, Joe, and thank you for reviewing books and talking to authors and spreading the word about events like ours and and new books that are coming out. We need more of that. The website for tickets and information is at writersfest.bc.ca. The Vancouver Writers Fest begins Monday, the 16th of October, and runs until Sunday, the 22nd of October. It's artistic director Leslie Hertig. Join me on the line from here in Vancouver. I'm Joseph Plata.